Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of These Are the Valleys. I am kind of looking forward to today's episode. I feel like it's one of those super convicting episodes where it's not just about me, but this is about you, okay? This is something that each and every one of us are walking through and fighting against and dealing with, I guarantee it. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of staying on your level and not cheating the process. So basically the heartbeat for today's episode is coming from that headspace where you find yourself wanting to get to the next level so badly or wanting to get to the promised land so badly or wanting to just be somewhere that you're not, be someone that you're not or be doing things that you're not doing. And Y'all already know I always relate this to myself because I don't never want y'all to think that I'm talking about something I don't actually know. Um, So we talked about this a little bit last week in last week's episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that one first and then come to this one because it is very pivotal in how you understand this framework, essentially. So... Pivoting off of last week's episode where we talked about, you know, being in different phases of your walk and that continual process of like rebirth and death to self. One of the things that can cause a hesitation in your willingness to submit your life to God's plans, to his dreams, to the person that he has created you to be versus who you have envisioned yourself to be um, is this perception of getting to the next level. I think the way that it manifested itself for me was I found myself making, so y'all know in the first episode, I put all my business out there and I was like, y'all, I was making $700 a month for like a couple months. This was literally like this time last year. And circle back around to 2022. And God basically has put me back in a position where I'm not making a whole lot of money. And I'm just like, Lord, what is, what's, what's the deal, bro? Am I failing a test? Like, is there some kind of financial savvy that I'm missing. Like I've literally gone into financial education programs, y'all, over this last year. I started budgeting like every month and that is huge for me because I am a type A spender and I do not like to, listen, if it declined, it declined. That's between you and Bank of America. That ain't got nothing to do with me, okay? But um, I've, I've gotten into a much better position and much better mindset and habit and routine of financial stewardship over what I have. And I've even enrolled in a financial education program, completed that. And now I actually teach people about financial education, which is really funny. So I was just so baffled when God was like, yeah, cut that income, cut that income as well. Yeah. We're just going to go back to skin and bones. And I'm like, why? You know, like, why? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And so the one thing that's coming up in my spirit right now that I definitely want to speak to is this perception that when God asks you to have less, it's a punishment. When God seemingly prevents you or asks you not to level up to that next level and whatever that is, it can seem like he's punishing you or it's a consequence to your actions. But dare I say, (laughs) it's a reward. May I propose to you that this is actually a reward. You will be placed in a position of greater dependency on the Lord. And anybody that has been in a season where you were 
a hundred percent, even 75% dependent on God to literally have food on the table, gas in your car to get to and from, to literally open your eyelids. Okay. You understand that the, the intimacy of that season with between you and God is very, very different. And I think that sometimes we have to shift our perspective from, well, God, why aren't you allowing me to make more money or like to like, okay, God, you need me to be closer to you. I'm, I'm not as intimate with you as you would like for me to be. And it's not even that you're doing something wrong, but I think that sometimes we forget God is just so loving that he really does like want to be with us all the time. (laughs) Like he wants to be with us all the time. He is with us all the time. And so sometimes a different way that you can see a situation is, It's not a punishment or a consequence, but it's an invitation to intimacy with God and to more vulnerability and to a new level of your relationship, a new layer of your relationship. Just because you were um, dependent on him in one season doesn't mean you will never be dependent on him again. Sometimes that's what he's teaching you is that you're not messing up, but it's just, hey, I just want to show you real quick before we go to this next level It doesn't matter if it's 2021. It doesn't matter if it's 2022. It doesn't matter if it's 2034. I want you to depend on me, period, period, point blank. So I just definitely want to propose that to you guys because sometimes it's the perspective shift that we really, really need and that we really struggle with. So another thing that I feel like can be a hindrance to death to self or like properly submitting your life to God, your plans, your dreams, blah, 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 is comparison, Y'all, why does comparison come for us the way that it does? Why? Like, why is it? I think for me, it's like, I'm not comparing myself to somebody that's in IT, that's doing really well and making six figures. Like, I don't really care. Like, good for you. You know what I'm saying? No hate. But I just, there's no relativity between your life and my life. But to me, it's like the people that are doing what I want to do, Or the people that are having or living out the dreams that I had for myself, those are the things that I'd be like, ah, it's not necessarily personal envy like, oh, I'm mad at you, Sasha, or envious of you, Greg, for living my exact dream. It's the the appeal of the dream itself. It's like, man, God's over here telling me to cut back on my income yet again. And here you are over there, Timothy number two, and you're living out the life that I could have made for myself. And, you know, with networking and my resume and my connections, I could have did that. And I just want to say like, very fair. Like sometimes you are right. Like when I told God that when I was done, lost my mind about two weeks ago, And I was going in (laughs) upset at God because of my comparison, Timothy number two. Um, I was like, I could be there. I could be doing da 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 da. And he was like, you could. You are 100% right. You are 100% right. You could have done that for yourself 100%. But my hand and my will, my favor would be nowhere near you. Would not be there. And I was like, ah. You know, like, why it always got to be so deep? Why it got to be so deep? I'm tired. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. <laughs> but, um, yeah, y'all. So I think that we have to get to a point where we really do count the cost, okay? We really do have to do the pluses and minuses. We got to do a risk assessment because 
yes, yes, that person looks like they're living your dream. That person looks like they're doing this, that, and the third. First of all, let's address the fact that it looks like they're doing that. Some people just be flexing and it don't even be what they what they portray it to be. But let's also talk about the people who really are actually living your dream. Like, cool. But what's more important to you? Living out your dream or being in the will, grace, and design of God? Like, what's more important? And submitting to whichever one is more important to you. Because I'm not going to sit here and bash you if you choose to go for your own dreams. I Listen, the appeal is strong. The appeal is very, very strong. But I do want to give you the opportunity to consider the other side as well. Because at the end of the day, like I mentioned in the last episode, you don't know who you were created to be. Only God knows that. You don't know what you were created to do. Only God knows that. So... You can create a version of yourself that is successful, but you will not be walking in your design. Um, I use this analogy when I was on Bible study. It's like a chair, using a chair for a table. I don't know if y'all have ever done that. I don't know if I'm just ghetto, I'm telling on myself, but I've certainly sat on the floor before and put a chair over me and then use the chair as like a little table or whatever. Um, <laughs> so you can use a chair as a table. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like it will be successful in that in most chairs. And, but that's not their design. You know, they are most useful. All parts of them are most useful when they're being sat on versus when they're being used as a table. So I just want to use that analogy because y'all know I always got an analogy (laughs) for you to illustrate the fact that, yes, you very well could go and be successful in whatever it is that you have picked out for yourself or envisioned for yourself. But I do believe that you'd be missing a large part of the picture. So just consider that sometimes when comparison seems to be the thief of your joy, um, when you are trying to hold on and trying to hold fast to what God has for you and the plan that he has established for you and the paths that he has for you. And it just seems like the other people are like so far ahead of you. Um, yes. And then lastly, time. I feel like time is one of the biggest things that seem to be a gigantic hindrance. And sometimes it's not even comparison. Like, yes, you can compare your timeline to somebody else's. So it does apply there. But I know in my personal case, I was comparing my time with against my own self. Like, oh, it's been a whole year. I've been in the valley. Like, what is going on? I thought I'd been out of here. You know, like, Oh my gosh, it's been two full years since I graduated. I still don't have a salary job. I'm not moved out of my parents' house yet. Like comparing yourself to yourself, to the self that you envisioned, the timeline that you envisioned, and then dismantling that essentially is what's going to get you acclimated to the level that God has you on. One of the big things that God was talking to me about after we had a reconciliation, okay, um, was that I was just so obsessed with getting to the next level that I was missing the point that you will arrive at the next level in the timing that you will arrive in the next level. If you're not there yet, it's because you're not ready. It's not necessarily anything that you're not doing, but it's just, you're not there yet. And that's okay. Because if God were to be the type of God that just gave you whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted it, he, if he were to be a genie, then you would have the fame, the quote unquote success, the blah, 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 but not be able to manage it well, not be able to steward it well. And, you know, we don't want those problems. Like we are here for a long time, God willing. 
Um, so life is short, but you want longevity for as long as possible in the promised land. You don't want to get to the promised land and only be in there for 30 seconds because you jumped the gun versus you actually taking your time um, and walking according to God's plan and being able to spend the rest of your lifetime in the promised land. So yeah, on Bible study this week, we had talked about King Saul, um, the first king of Israel um, before David. And this is in first Samuel. We were specifically looking at chapter 13 through 15 and just looking at his life and how he got where he was. And of course, a lot of people talk about this moment. But if you're not familiar, there was a time in the very beginning of King Saul's reign where there was a prophet named Samuel, hence the name first Samuel in the book. But um, Samuel basically told him, hey, wait seven days. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come back when I come back then you're going to make this sacrifice to God and he's going to help you win the war. They were getting ready to wage war against the Philistines, which is like their arch rivals, okay? So he's like, all right, bet. Seventh day comes. The seventh day, mind you, isn't done. It's not like 11.59 p.m., you know? So Saul is getting impatient. Um, The Philistine army is humongous. Like they are way, way, way outnumbered. Some of his soldiers are running away. Some of his soldiers are going to other countries. Some of his soldiers are hiding in caves. Like it was just a real sticky situation Saul was in. And I guess he got impatient and was like, you know what, y'all bring me the sacrifice. Samuel's not here. It is the seventh day. And so we just need to hurry up because we need to go fight. So he does the sacrifice and literally right after that, Samuel walks up and is like, bruh, what did you just do? Why did you do that? Like, why did you do that? I told you to wait for me. He's like, well, well you wasn't here. Like, Samuel's like, bruh, <laughs> it hasn't even been 10 minutes. The Bible says as soon as he finished the sacrifice, Samuel walked up. Like, he only had to wait a few more minutes. But um, because Saul jumped the gun there, God took away the longevity of his throne, of his um, reign. So he was supposed to reign forever and ever, or, you know, whatever. His his lineage and stuff like that was supposed to reign. So his throne was supposed to be established for a long time. But God cut that short because he jumped the gun. And so I'm not saying this to scare anybody like, oh, if you dare jump the gun, even by a little bit, everything will go to shambles. Like not even to say that, but it is something to keep in mind that you could be setting yourself up for failure. You could be setting yourself up for short term success instead of longevity and long-term success because you're getting ahead of God, okay? God is a God that does something not just once, not for a little while, but for the rest of time. Like he set David as king and David's lineage was blessed. Jesus came from David's lineage like hundreds of years later. Like guys, everything is the long-term plan. God is always playing the long game. So I just want to encourage y'all that are feeling a little impatient, that are feeling like, oh God, why can't I just get to the next level? Why am I still in the same spot? How come you keep telling me the same instructions? How come I'm not getting to get to the blessings or get to my harvest season? Or when's my husband coming? Or when am I going to get a better paying job or a faster car or a better house or whatever it is, guys? Just trust that the level that God has you at is the one that he needs you at and the one that you belong in. So just take the time to soak it up because there's going to be times when you get to the next level that you're going to reminisce on this current level and be like, dang, 
I really took that for granted because I know right now I do have a lot of free time because he's cut so much of my income. I got a lot of free time compared to somebody that has a full time nine to five job. And so I know when I get to the next level, whatever that looks like, I may not have as much free time as I have now. So that may be something that I'm dreading right now because I'm only looking at it from one perspective. But in hindsight later, I'm going to wish I appreciate it more. So I'm going to leave it off on that note. I hope y'all are somewhat encouraged. Um, Maybe you have some things to take back to God. Maybe the Holy Spirit has some work to do on your heart to just let this message really hit home for you and sink in and be something that you can apply. But yeah, (laughs) y'all, I don't know what it looks like from the mountaintop just yet. But for now, these are the valleys. Bye.